Good morning. I'm going to use this little bad boy. So, um, as we've gotten into the, I hate, hate to say a habit, but we are currently praying for other churches, churches that we work with, churches that are brothers. We like to pray for them. Um, today, we decided to pray for our men um, that are up at Verdugo Pines. Um, I'm up there. I came up late last night so I can spend the day with you guys. Um, but I want to pray. It's been an incredible weekend so far. I've seen guys that I didn't expect raising their hands in worship, doing, doing so. Um, the brotherhood, that community, it was just awesome, man. I just had a great, great time. And I'm a little bit jealous that I had to come down. So, <laughs> but it is what it is, right? <laughs> so I'd like to pray for them. And then we'll just get right into the message. So, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for calling our men to act like men, like biblical men, like godly men, like the men you intended us to be. Father, and, and as they're in their service this morning, Lord, I just ask that you would just minister to them, Father, that you would just cut hearts, repair them, just anything you need to do to get us right, Lord. So, Father, I also want to just ask for traveling mercies as they come down from the hill, Lord, that you just bring them home safe, that you would bring them home with that excitement to serve you, Lord, that it wasn't just an emotional decisions or emotional um, aspect that was happening up there, but that it was true change of hearts, Lord, that as they come down, Lord, that they just serve you wholeheartedly. So, Lord, we just love you. And as we get into your word today, Father, I ask that I would just step aside, Lord, that you would rip my heart open and just speak through it, Lord, that you would be the one speaking to the hearts here today, Lord. Lord, my prayer is that we would, would, would just crave and just desire that our spirit would consistently fellowship with yours. Father, we love you so much. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you guys know, we've been going through 1 Timothy. And just to give you a quick background or update, in chapter 1, we talked about south, um, sound doctrine, uh, guides the church. In chapter 2, we talked about the order of worship in the household of God. Chapter 3, biblical leadership, a call to maturity. Uh, chapter 4, behavior in the family of God. Chapter 5, responsibilities in the household. Um, and I don't know why I have seven chapters here, but it also talked about the discipline in the church, right? So today, we're going to talk about, and I have a, a, our main note, fighting the good fight of the faith. And I say that because we often hear what? Fight the good fight, right? What does that mean? Well, today we're going to talk about fighting the good fight of the faith in our, in, our, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in Ephesians 11, it tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We have to prepare to fight. So, so, that, so now that we have our gear on, we must flee from the false teachings, from the love of money, 
and from the ways of the devil. But then we have to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. We have to pursue Jesus, for it is Jesus that fights our battles. And I think sometimes we forget that we try to handle the things on our own instead of bringing Jesus and say, hey, man, take care of it for us because we can't. We can't do it on our own. And I'm going to get deeper into that a little bit later. All right, so I got another note. It says um, over the next several verses, we're going to see four types of people. We're going to see the false teacher. Those who desire to be rich, those who are rich, and the man or woman of God who live with contentment. I think sometimes we expect too much of our Lord. I mean, not that he can't do it, but we need to live with contentment right where we're at right now. doesn't matter where you're at. doesn't matter what's going on in your life. And I get it, we go through trials, we have issues, um, believe me, I have many, um, but we have to keep our eyes on the Lord, and we have to be happy exactly where God wants us, because he may be putting us and allowing those situations to come in so that he can do some work and some molding in us, right? So we need to be content. So I'm going to start in verse 3 of chapter um, 6. And it reads, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that, I'm sorry, I need to bring this up because I'm blind. Sorry. <laughs> teaching that accords with godliness. He is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. So here's the first type of person that we talked. We talked about four. This is the first one, which is the false teacher. And the definition of the false teacher is anyone, and it says it right there, anyone who teaches a different doctrine that does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness. Um, I have a note, uh, 2 Peter 2, 1 reads, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the master who brought or who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensualities, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Unfortunately, in this day and age, there are so many false teachers. Um, I was talking to a friend back here earlier today, and we were talking about what we look for in a church. And it's so easy to go into a church and get caught up with the worship and caught up with all the fancy lights and the excitement and the, the fact that 
man, you can be rich or you can be wealthy, you know, or, or you don't have enough faith because you, or you're sick because you don't have enough faith. Things like that. And it's so easy to get caught up in those things. And we shouldn't. Those are false teachers. And I'll say it, you know, they're false teachers. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about these false teachers. Because look at what it says in verse 4. And I'll read it again. The false teachers, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among the people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. And um, I'm one of those guys that I'm not the, the most studious person, so sometimes I need, it, I need to hear it in a different translation, if you will. So I want to read that last part um, in the NLT because it just, it just popped out at me when I read it. It says, these people always cause trouble, right? Their minds are corrupt, and they have, they have turned their backs on the truth. To them... A show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. <sighs> I'm trying to say this without being rude. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you ever come across these people who they look good, they smell good, they say the right things, um, they tell, and, and I, I come across them all the time. They tell me, oh, God's first in their lives. But then you see them going to the strip club or cursing. Um, not that I've seen them, okay, because I wasn't there. <laughs> Just wanted to make that clear, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but... <laughs> We call them phonies, right? You know, Jeff's always talking about it's not a behavioral issue. It's a heart issue. You know, this morning I came in and I felt all like all over the place. And I tell Yvette, Yvette I need somewhere to go pray. Because I'm I just all over the place. And I went and prayed in her office. And while I was praying, I heard the worship team practicing. And man, did that just, God just started just to speak and show me. And, you know, we talk about these false teachers. We talk about these, these different types of people. But the thing that popped out in my mind was, be, what, what is it? I'm going to go back. Fighting the good fight of the faith, right? Of the faith. Where's your faith today? Where are you in your walk with the Lord? What's he showing you? Are you, are you putting yourself on his platter, if you will? Say, Lord, here I am. Do what you want with me. Or do we have conditions? 
or do we care more about if it's convenient for us? Let me tell you, I'd, I'd be completely honest with you. It was not convenient for me to drive down the hill at 11 o'clock at night last night. It was dark. It was raining. I had my son following me. It was scary. <laughs> but it was not convenient. It would have been easier for me to stay out there and go to sleep. Sometimes the, our God calls us to get out of our comfort zone to worship him and to do the things that he calls us to. And I hope that that ministers to you guys because sometimes we settle with convenience and comfort. Paul wasn't comforted. I mean, he wasn't comfortable. Man, he went to jail for his faith, right? But we need to, we need to step up as people False teachers are prideful. They cause division and fake their godliness for their own benefit. And I just talked a little bit about that. Now, I, wanna, I want you guys to take a look at this. Look at the difference between their godliness and the godliness of the believers. Look at in verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with, they, with these we will be content. What are you content with in the Lord? Are you wanting more? Do you feel like you have to purchase certain things? And mind you, I'm a, I'm a, I love to buy things, okay? I just asked my wife. Um, I'm always wanting the, be the, the newer and the better toy. Um, and I have a confession. I just got a new computer. <laughs> right? <laughs> we need to learn to be content right where we're at. And this is something that the Lord is showing me. You know? And I want you to take a look at this note. Look at Job 120. If you don't know the story of Job, this guy had it all. He had a family, he had possession, he had money, he had it all. But then all of a sudden, Satan talking to God says, well, you won't let me touch him. God finally says, go ahead, touch him, but you can't kill him, right? So he loses his family, he loses his money, and he loses his health. And I can relate to that. I don't know if any of you guys have heard my story. I wasn't planning on sharing, but I'm going to share. Back in 2005, I had it all. We had money. We had health. We had a great family. And the Lord tells me, Maori, I want you to read the book of Job. I said, all right. I read it. Read it. I said, man, that's a great book. <laughs> I said, that's a great book for other people. Right? No lie, within a month, I lost my job. Went from making about $150,000 a year to zero. Zero. A month later, I hurt my back. Stopped playing ball, couldn't move around. Within three months, gained like 50 pounds. Ended up in the emergency room. 
And the doctor told me you should be dead because of my levels. If you guys know, cholesterol should be 200. Mine was 1,100. Triglycerides should be under 200. Mine were 12,500. My sugars, which are supposed to be under 120, were 550. Doctor said, you should be dead. In my 30 years of practice, I've never seen anybody come in like that. So I lost my money, lost my health. Ding, ding, ding. The book of Job was for me. They were preparing me. Wait a second, Lord. Not my family. Not my family. Take me. To put me back in the hospital, I'll go. For six months, just battling back and forth with the Lord. Six months. No lie, six months. I would not give it. No, not my family. No, not my family. I'm going to get emotional here because every time I tell the story, I do. Six months later, I'm praying at 1 o'clock in the morning in my office. And I'm just, I'm just crying. I'm just talking to the Lord. And these were my words. Okay, Lord, if it's your will to kill my family, so be it. I was tired of fighting. And immediately just this peace comes over me. And in this peace, it's funny because every time I, I say something like this to Casey, he says, oh, you heard him audibly? No. <laughs> just heard him in my heart, right? And this is what he told me. He said, Maudi, I gave you your family. I love your family. I don't want to take your family away from you, but you, the Maori, were putting your family before me. So spiritually, I gave up my family. And that's when the Lord started to work. I see, and, and I tell all that story just to give you a picture of what Job and how it, uh, how it could happen here. But in Job 1.20, it says that Job arose and tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshipped. Again, this is after he lost everything. <laughs> and he said, naked I came into my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have to be content in every situation that we're in. Doesn't matter. I get it. I've lost family. I, I get it. And it's not easy. But this is when we need to press into the Lord. We need to keep seeking him out and not get caught up in our misery. Right? I understand that we're living in a different time than Job was and, and, and what we've been talking about. But in the end, isn't that all we really need? Is just the Lord. As, as it said there, all we need is to eat, right? To have the clothing. And maybe today, somewhere to live, right? Because, you know, we can't just walk around and sleep on the street. It's different. It's a different era from back then. But that's all we need, man. Jesus is all we need. 
Second type of person. I don't know where I'm at. Oh, I got to move on. Second type of person, verse 9, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Again, I'm not, I'm not the English ma major, so I had to look up that word pangs, which means sorrow, okay? Um, they, so they pierced themselves with many sorrows. <coughs> the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I hear this, this verse misquoted so many times where they say that money is the root of all evil. Money is a necessary evil in our day and age, right? We need to have it. But when you put money before the Lord, that's a problem. And I see it within the church today, not this church, but the church in general, where um, it's more important to go make the almighty buck than to serve Jesus. We talked about the one another's, right? This is our church. This is us. We need to be there for one another. And that needs to be a priority, right? It, it really does. You guys are my family, man. I get emotional because <clears throat> I, I think God gave me too big of a heart. Um, I get emotional because I love my family. The time that we spent up in, up in uh, Verdugo Pines, ah, oh, man, I don't know how many guys I told them, hey, man, I love you, bro. And I meant it. It wasn't something that I just said. I love my family. And you may think, how can you love me? You don't know me. But God does. And God puts that love in my, in my heart for you. I don't need to know you personally. As long as you're my brother in Christ, man, I got love for you. And that's how we need to be. We need to take our eyes off. And again, it, it's not, it's not an evil thing to make money. But when you put that before your relationship with Christ and your family, that's when it becomes an issue. Right? <clears throat> now look at the difference. Here's the third type of person. In my main point, in my main point note, I talked a little bit about how to fight the good fight. And here's a little bit more detailed. So uh, verse 11, it says, But as for you, O man of God, he's talking to Timothy, right? But I'm going to change it. Again, I, I know we're not supposed to add or take away from the word of God. I get it. But just for emphasis. But, but as for you, Yvette, Chris, Right? Melissa, Wanda, put your name in there. And it says, but as for you, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Now, 
I have a little note for me here. So how do we do that? How do we fight the good fight of the faith, right? Look at what it says next. It says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you, I challenge you, I'm going to say this, I challenge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free of reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will display at the proper time. He who had, wait, he who is the the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the alo- who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. So how do we fight the good fight of the faith? We need to flee away from those false teachers. We need to flee away from the love of money. We need to flee away for whatever that may look like to you. Wherever you see Satan coming in in some way, shape, or form, trying to disrupt you, we need to flee. We need to run. Now you wonder, well, why did you tell us about the armor of God? What do we need that for? Let me tell you something. Any, any veterans here? I know, I know you are back there. Okay. So... When you go into the Army or the Navy, the Air Force, whatever branch you're in, they give you guns, they give you equipment, right, to fight. But does that mean you just run into battle without a plan? You just run into fire? You don't, right? There's there's, um, strategy that you need to do. Sometimes you need to turn around and go the other way in any fight. So fleeing isn't someone who's a chicken, right? It's, that's not what it's doing. It's being smart. We need to flee away from what the, the devil's bringing to us, how he attacks us. We need to get away from that. But then it says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. How do we pursue that? We press into Jesus. What well, I hear that all the time in Maui. Okay, come to Bible study. Hang out with other believers. Fellowship with your brothers and sisters who encourage you. Again, I don't want to sit up here and tell you, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. But you know what? When we went to the mountain and you're fellowshipping with other brothers who love Jesus just as much as you, Man, you feel like you could stand up in front of anything because I got a pack of brothers behind me. Satan, bring it on, man. We're going we're gonna to take you on. We don't say that, but, <laughs> but that's just how you feel, right? Because you got your brothers with you. Let the word of God change your heart. And when that happens, your attitude, your activities, everything else changes. It's not about doing this or doing that. 
right? Let the Lord touch your heart. You know, and it says here, to keep the commandment, what commandment? To flee and pursue, right? To flee and pursue and take hold of the eternal life. Um, then it gives a great description of Jesus here, right? We see Jesus. Where does it say? Okay, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will display at the proper time, he who is the blessed and the only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in an unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. <coughs> okay, so I'm not God. I don't know everybody's hearts here, right? I don't know where you stand. <coughs> but I would say, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, but you're not pursuing and pressing into, I would ask you to pray to him right now and ask him to help you, to guide you, to direct you. If any of you guys want to talk to me afterwards, we can talk. But you have to understand who we're talking to. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. This is the guy who has immortality. This is the guy that dwells in the light that we cannot go into, that we cannot see him because it's so bright. This is the creator of the world. He created us. He knows every little cell that you have in your body. Every little cell in your body he created. He put, he designed you. If you don't know him, know that he knows you and he knows your heart. Guys, listen, the most important decision you could ever make at any time is to give your life over to him and to serve him wholeheartedly. See, we think in a span of 80 years, we're going to live for 80 years, so we think about this. You guys know Francis Chan? Okay, he does a great illustration of this. He comes up to a stage. From the back of the stage, he comes up with a rope, and he's just dragging the rope. He comes over here, right? He comes all the way over here, and then he shows the rope, and the tip of the rope is red. And then the rest of the rope goes out, and you can't, you can't even see where it ends. And he says, this tip, this red tip here, this is our life. Why do we spend more time worrying about this instead of that? Think about that. Our life will end here. And we will be in the presence of our Father we should be more worried about that, right? Today, make the decision to do that. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Flee from the devil and pursue Jesus. Lastly, the fourth type of person. We talked about those who wanted to be rich. Now we're talking about those that are rich. And it says in verse 17, as for the rich... 
in the present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share the storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Talking about eternal life. That's the true life. Eternity doesn't start when you die. It starts today. Your eternity starts today. We'll just get a new body, right? But our eternity starts today. <clears throat> then it finishes with verse 20, 20 and 21. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irrever irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some has swerved from the faith. Grace be to you. God has entrusted us, right? Guard the deposit that, that deposit entrusted to you. He entrusted us. <coughs> Avoid the I can't even read irreverent babble and contradiction of what is falsely called knowledge. For, the, for by professing it, some have swerved away. We fight the good battle. How do we fight the good battle? The good battle of faith. And I'm going to say it again. I've said it I don't know how many times. Flee, right, from false doctrine, from, uh, we talked about the, the we talked about the, um, those that wanted to be rich, right? Talked about the rich man. We need to flee. We need to flee from evil. But more importantly, we need to press into Jesus. My prayer as we leave here today is that you sit down and have a conversation with Jesus wherever you're at. Even if you don't believe, just talk. Talk to Jesus. Speak to him. He's listening. He wants to hear from you. Today, again, I don't know where you guys stand, but today is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen? Father God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done for us, Lord. We thank you for changing our hearts. We thank you for giving us and bringing us into a place where we're taught your word. Give us ears to hear from you, Lord, that we may understand you. Speak to our hearts, Lord. And if that means you have to get our attention in one way or another, <clears throat> so be it. Because even when those things happen, you start to press even more into us, Lord, because you love us. You want us with you for eternity. Father, show us. Talk to us. Open our hearts. 
as I said earlier, that our spirit would constantly be in fellowship with yours, that we would constantly hear your voice, Lord, that it doesn't have to be through music, it doesn't have to be through the time that we're reading the Bible, but that we're driving and we just hear you. You are almighty God and you can do that. And so my prayer today is that we would open our ears and our eyes to see you, Lord. And that we would have obedient hearts to do what you call us to do. And that when we get frustrated or when we get scared or, or when we think it's, it, it's out of our comfort zone, that you would just give us that peace, knowing that we can trust you. That when you call us to do something, it's for a reason. You have a plan for us. And help us to be obedient enough, Lord, to hear you and obey you so that we may see you in our lives. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for all that you do. I ask that as we leave here today, Lord, spend some time outside and just fellowship with one another. That we would get to know those that we don't know. Lord, you are almighty God and we love you. I ask for your hand of protections about me, my family, my brothers and my sisters here, Lord. And I pray for my brothers that are up on the mountain as they come down, that you would keep your hands that when they come back next week, that the fire that you put in their hearts would just explode in this sanctuary, Lord, to others. That we may get a little taste of that. Lord, thank you. My words, my vocabulary is not enough to express what I feel. So Lord, bless this time. We love you. Pray for you in Jesus' name.